Folks, you know how we try to bring the heat on No Picks of a Dark Podcast. Three-time award-winning show. We're we doing big things. We're doing things, things for Baltimore. And you know I got to bring the heat and have them the best guests come on day in, day out. And guess what? We got them coming on. <laughs> and we've been working, I've been working tirelessly to get him on the show. I asked him personal things going on. He has some things going on. But finally, we got him in the studio. Mr. Easy Jackson will be the next voice you hear on the show. The No Picks After Dark podcast is proudly partnered with Maggie's Farm. Located at 4341 Hartford Road, Maggie's Farm offers a unique dining experience with delicious handcrafted cocktails and mouth-watering cuisine. From falafels to scallops and everyone's favorites, honey sriracha cauliflower wings. Open for dinner from 4 p.m. until 10 p.m. Tuesday through Saturday and for brunch Saturday from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. And Sunday from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. With delectable chicken and waffles, shrimp and grits, biscuits and gravy, and more. Check out Maggie's Farm on Instagram and Facebook for daily and weekly food specials. OpenWorks is Baltimore's largest makerspace, offering access to tools ranging from 3D printers to welder and training in how to use them. OpenWorks also offers affordable studio space, a coffee shop, and fun-free events throughout the year. But OpenWorks is more than a public workshop. It's a community of creative professionals, students, seniors, entrepreneurs, and makers of all kinds. Check out the website at www.openworksbmore.org or Instagram at open underscore works underscore be more for class schedules membership options and more no picks after dark is sponsored by snug books an independent bookstore serving northeast baltimore and beyond in addition to featuring new books for all ages the store also carries cards stationery gifts games and more visit snugbooks.com to shop online learn more about the store read our latest newsletter, and find a calendar of events, or come browse the store in person. Snug Books is located at 4717 Harford Road, next to Zeke's Coffee in Hamilton, Laurelville. There is free parking behind the store, and open hours are Tuesday through Sunday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Welcome to the No Picks of the Dark Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Dante, we got a good show for you today, folks. Yeah, it's going to be heater. It's hot outside, but it's definitely hot up in this. But Mr. Easy Jackson, what's up, sir? What's going on, man? How man, you doing? We finally done it. Finally yeah. doing it right yeah, now. Yeah, we finally, finally, finally locked it in. Yes. Yeah, man. Yes. I I remember I was doing an interview with one of your friends, mm-hmm. Heidi. Shout out. Yeah. She said, you got to you got get my dude on. Yeah. And I said, we, we working on it. Yeah. We working on it, and um, you know, always pinch myself because I always see people doing things like you. Yeah. And I'm excited to have you sitting down here and talk about it because you're doing some amazing things. You've been on some other people's shows and podcasts. Yeah. I've been like, I got to get him on my show, man. And yeah. He's doing a lot of great things for the community. So, without further ado, like, give people a little bit of background about you before we get into, like, the nitty-gritty, like, who you are because you got, you're a man with many different hats. Yeah. Go ahead. Yep. yep. Uh, Easy Jackson, you know, MC primarily. Rapper, uh, Baltimore rapper, uh, producer, curator, activist. Uh, did a little bit of journalism for a little bit. Uh, 
you know, um, just an all-around Baltimore boy. I love the city, and I try to, in everything I do, try to highlight the best of it. Um, I appreciate that. So, yeah. I mean, we got you at the podcast. So where did you grow up in Baltimore? Did you grow up in the area? Did you, area, where did you grow up? I grew up, we moved around a lot, mostly West Baltimore. Um, when we, when uh, I was born in New York, my mother was born and raised in Baltimore. Uh, she's originally from Baltimore, but I was born in New York. Uh, we moved here when I was like nine. Um, we lived over east, spent most of my time over west, um, Harlem Avenue, 800 block of Harlem Avenue. Uh, lived over Liberty Heights and Garrison, that area for a while. Uh, you know, and I spent small time in Emerson Village and Yale Heights and Park Heights, you know what I mean? Just, uh, Reservoir Hill, you know what I mean. You uh, everywhere. Yeah, I'm, I yeah we moved around a lot. I know the city like the back of my hand. I like it. I like yeah. it. So like, growing up as a child in the city and whatnot, what is your favorite childhood memory growing up in Baltimore? Um, my favorite childhood memory is probably Afram and Artscape. Okay. I mean, to date, Artscape is my favorite weekend of the year. Like literally, like I like I I look forward to Artscape more than Christmas, more than all of the holidays. Like you know, I'm I'm sad we haven't been able to have Artscape uh, the past few years. But those those two festivals for me growing up was my favorite childhood memory because you got to see kind of a, a the range of who Baltimore was. You know what I'm saying? Like. You grow up in the city, sometimes you spend a lot of time in your neighborhood. So to you, Baltimore only looks like that neighborhood. You know what I mean? But Artscape and Afram got me really to see. I kind of opened my nose to the creative side of Baltimore. So, yeah, going, going to those was like the best. Were you always a creative growing up as a young child? Yeah, my, my mother was a poet. My father my father is a visual artist and a poet, and see, he think he can sing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I grew up, even when I was younger, in, in, in New York, they used to always take me to Greenwich Village. And so I grew up, you know, I grew up in poetry readings, open mics, you know, jazz jam sessions and... And stuff like that, excuse me. Um, so my family was, you know, my, my immediate family was very much creative. And my mother always encouraged that that side of us and kept us around that kind of atmosphere. I love hearing that. That's really yeah. cool. So what high school did you go to in Baltimore? Everybody's probably wondering. Baltimore yeah. School for the Arts. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. where Tupac went, right? Yeah, yeah. That's where Jada. Tupac went. Yeah, Okay, Jada, okay. You know and I mean? so what was your thing there? Like, what was, like, your niche into that yeah. school? Um... Uh, I was in theater, the theater theater department. Okay. Yeah, but after school, it was it was all raps. Okay. Like after school, lunchtime, in the hallway, in between classes, it was you know, they didn't have you know they still don't have like a hip hop department or a rap class, but that was where that was where I really got to connect with a lot of the other, um, the students that studied the other departments. You know what I mean? Like all the rappers kind of find each other that's cool did yeah. you guys did you battle rap at all yeah we battled we did cyphers all that <laughs> so now i used to it's funny i used to um my past life always hang out with friends mm -hmm. we used to flow not being a cypher for a little bit yeah. 
I had my like three or four lines and that was it. Yeah. That was, I couldn't, you know, that was my own thing. You're so thinking I, them three, four lines <laughs> and then after that, you're just hitting that, uh, yeah, uh. That's basically what I was. I was like, but I, I always remember in high school, there was this girl named Rachel Friedman. I always remember her. Mm-hmm. So we were in like, my high school was up in New York. So didn't grow up, but I grew up here, but was back and forth. But high school in New York and we had a, uh, like a area where everybody can hang out, a lounge. Oh yeah, and so we could play music in this lounge. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, like before, like in the day, everybody hang out, play Wu Tang forever, stuff like mm-hmm. that. So go, yeah. if you guys going back like ninety eight, ninety seven, mm-hmm. and I remember Rachel Friedman, we were sitting there one day. She's like, I want to sit in the cipher and freestyle. I'm looking at her like, Rachel. What you- we know you know we know you're a plus student in poetry and English <laughs> and we know you yeah. AP lit. We yeah. know she jumped in and started freestyling. Yeah. To the beat. And she was like, This is what y'all do? And like it was just funny how she freestyled then better than half the dudes. Yeah. Oh yeah. And going back my to My sister just- Naya, man, my sister Naya was she's she was crazy with it. Uh I used to like to bring my sister to ciphers with me for that fun reason. Mm-hmm. But my sister used to like to take it overboard. Like she would battle. She would she would find one dude and like like zoom in on him and like she would just destroy him. <laughs> and then she just would not stop. Like oh, wow. Like like the cipher would be over and dude couldn't even talk. Like he couldn't even like try to hang out. Like she was just she was out. She would go in for the kill. And so I used to like to bring Naya with me because everybody think, oh, Easy's coming, like you know what I mean. Uh, but then I, you know, she'd be like my secret weapon. I love it. Yeah, it was a family affair, definitely. Yeah, I love it. I love yeah. that. That's 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 really dope. That's really yeah. dope. So like after school, like after college, high school, what'd you end up doing? I went into the Navy for four years. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I did four years in the Navy. Um, I was on USS Vela Golf. Uh, Turbo Dog, who uh, that's actually getting ready to be decommissioned, um, but uh, we were the first battle group to respond to 9/11. Mm. So I was in I was in Norfolk, Virginia, September 11th, 2001, and um, and we left. We went out, bombed Afghanistan, and all of that, and then uh, and then uh, that following year it was time for me to get out or reenlist. And I decided I wanted to come home and, um, you know, kind of jump into the Baltimore music scene. Oh, well, thank you for your service. We really appreciate what you've thank done. You. Definitely. And so the Baltimore music scene, that's going to, we're going to talk a little bit about that. Yeah. We're going to talk about just a little bit about your record label, a little bit, not not mm-hmm. too much, because that's yeah. something, something da- a little bit down the road. Show. Yeah. It's a little down the road. We're also talking about Squeegee Voice. Okay. Yeah. Have read, I've saw, I was, you were another podcast talking about how you used to be a squeegee, you did squeegee yeah. sometimes. Yeah. And I, just to touch on those things and whatnot. And so, folks, what we'll do is when we get back out these messages, we'll talk about those and then we'll get right back into it. It's about squeegee, MC, and hip hop. Yeah. Let's do it. Baltimore yeah. and coming back. Yeah. And why? And why what's your love for Baltimore? Why'd you come back? Yeah. We'll talk about that. We'll be right back, Let's folks. Go. When you give to United Way, your gift could be the first spark of something bigger. It can help provide nutritious food for a family in need. Because eating healthy shouldn't be a luxury. It can help someone with housing challenges and be a catalyst for a new beginning. 
Because a safe space to call home is the foundation for building a better future. Give today. Spark something bigger. The No Picks After Dark podcast is fueled by Zeke's Coffee. Have you tried their coffee yet? I'm telling you, there's something different about it. Maybe it's because they roast their beans in a fluid coffee roaster, which provides the most accurate roasting temperatures and made with love. You will just have to check it out for yourself and try their delicious food while you're at it. Open now for curbside service, online ordering, carry out, and they also do wholesale. Visit Zeke's Coffee at 4719 Hartford Road. Open Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Sunday, 8 to 5 p.m. Kitchen closes at 3 p.m. Or visit Zeke'sCoffee.com and you too can be fueled by Zeke's. And folks, we are back at the No Pixel Dark Podcast and we're with my man, Easy Jackson. What's up, brother? What's up, man? Man, we having a good time here. Um, yeah. Again, I appreciate you taking time out of your day. I know sure. you're busy doing a lot of things out here. Yeah. You're doing a lot of great things for the community. And let's get, before we go into the music stuff, We'll, we gotta go with the first thing about Squeegee. We gotta talk about Squeegee. Yeah. Uh, I've had a lot of people come up to me asking me about my opinion on it. I've left it alone because I just sometimes I know my lane. <laughs> I know my lane. I'm not. I'm yeah. not gonna jump out there um, because again, I'm learning. I'm educating myself. Yeah. From different uh, things. You were on a podcast recently. And you had talked about how you were disqueegeeing a little bit, and yeah. tell us a little bit about that and just. Why did you do it, and what 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 was the point of it? just so? Well, my mother my mother had nine kids, um, and when I was growing up, for the most part, it was six of us at home. My grandmother raised my older three brothers, and um, and my mother had the the uh, the rest of us. And um, like about middle school age, I started squeegeeing because the boys in my neighborhood. You know, we'd be out playing and, you know, you get hungry, thirsty, whatever. And and um, my homeboy, Mike Mike, rest in peace. Mike Mike got killed when we was teenagers. But um, Mike Mike told me one day, he said, yo, you should come up up here with us make some money. And um, it was we used to be on the corner of Monument in Washington and Madison in Washington over by Hopkins. Mm-hmm. And this is like mid early mid-90s. Wow. So Hopkins didn't even have all of that of East Baltimore that they had, you know what I'm saying? It was still neighborhoods. Wolf Street was still full of houses. Um, but, <clears throat> you know, Monument was always a busy street. Washington Boulevard, Washington was always, a, uh, uh, not Washington Boulevard, Washington Street was always a busy street. And, um, you know, when I did it, I did it because I was hungry. You know what I mean? My mother had five other kids at home. So, you know, sometimes you a growing boy, you know, you can't eat the same portions that you're, seven, eight-year-old sibling can eat. You know what I'm saying? So I figured if I wanted to get cheesesteaks or, you know what I mean, anything like that, then uh, I needed to get my own money. And even, and even sometimes I would even help her out. And I, that kind of started me early. Um, I was always trying to find different ways to make money. At one point, I worked in Northeast Market. There was a guy who had a mm. stand. He sold, like, uh, Back to Africa medallions and oils and incense and stuff. And I would go and help him out after school for a couple hours. And at the end of the week, he'd give me $10. Um, you know, I shovel snow in the in the wintertime. Uh, even, 
wash steps and stuff sometimes in the summertime. Like any, I carry bags at the grocery store. Anything I could do to make some money um, to, you know, maybe throw my mother something for groceries or like if the ice cream truck came around the way, I'd get my little brothers and sisters. If I had a little girlfriend, get them some ice cream. Just always, you know, I just always was kind of like a little hustler. And, um, and for me, squeezing was something that we did. At that time, the climate was way different. You know what I'm saying? Like, we didn't have a lot of people yelling at us. We also had kind of a code, like, you know, we would, we would, we weren't rude, we weren't like aggressive, you know what I mean? We were nice, we spoke, we smiled because we knew that, you, you know, that would get us more money. Even if people didn't want their windows washed, you know, they would still hand us a dollar or five dollars, you know what I mean? Just being out there. So it was a different climate than it is now. You know, you didn't have, we didn't have like Fox 45 and the Sun like reporting on us like we were these rogue criminals running the streets, you know, like kind of like, it's a bad climate right now. Um, but I think even even when I was doing it, I mean, it's just a reflection of so many other things than just the squeegee kids. Like we weren't out there because we wanted to annoy people or we wanted to harass people. We were literally out there trying to eat. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, you know, I have, I got a lot of love for them boys, you know what I'm saying? So it's personal to me when I see people talking about them in the way that they talk about them because, you know, it, it they're the result of several failed policies, decades of failed policy. When you talk about education, when you talk about housing, you know, even when you talk about like mental health and stuff like that, you know, um, the ones that are angry out there, aggressive or whatever, we don't know what they're dealing with. You know what I mean? I mean, this city is full of trauma, you know, I, I you know, so, uh, yeah, I got a special place in my heart for them. I, I, you know, I like what the mayor's doing right now. We got the Squeegee Collective. He invited me to be a part of it. I think it's a great group of people that all share a love for Baltimore. I think some of them just want us to get rid of the boys, um, or the, you know, and some there's some girls out there too. But, uh, but I think for the most part, everybody in the room uh, has a love for Baltimore and wants to see the best uh, outcome from this. I know. I appreciate you. Sorry, that was a long no, answer. <laughs> no, 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 no. We we here. We. I mean, I think a lot of people have different views and different yeah. how they look at things differently. And you being a part of that and understanding and the love you have for the brothers and sisters out yeah. there hustling. Yeah. yeah, I mean, again, it's a lot. And um, again, I really want something to happen positive from this. Yeah, I don't want to see all this talk. You know, yeah, a lot of people and, talk. And, and I think my biggest concern right now is there's a because Baltimore is growing and there's a lot of new money in the city and there's a lot of new people in the city. There's also a very intentional effort to erase Black Baltimore. That's why we don't have the A rappers anymore. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Um, and while while they don't need to be, they they shouldn't. I won't say they don't need. They should not have to be out there to make money. But it is a fabric of our culture, you know what I mean? They could be refined more. You know, for me, squeegeeing was a stepping stone. You know, this was before I got accepted in the Baltimore School for the Arts. And, mm-hmm. you know, and all these things like that, that that experience taught me how to hustle, how to how to work hard, how to talk to people, you know, how to interact with strangers, all of that stuff. Um, and then, you know, there's the occasional dirt bike boy conversation that comes up. They want to see the dirt bike boys gone. But it'd be a totally different conversation. And everybody knows this. It would be a totally different conversation if these were white kids on the corner. 
but that that goes without you saying. We are. Yeah, young. yeah. I mean, it goes without saying, young. but don't nobody want to say it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm gonna say it. You All know right. what I'm saying? Hey, like, I agree. With even you the that. black people that are talking about them would not be talking about this the way they t- if they were white kids. I definitely agree with you. Yeah, I definitely. If you change it all around, you would definitely hear a different tone. Yeah, for sure. Real quick. So I appreciate you giving us and We can get into a whole yeah. different episode for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just wanted to give, because cause you have a personal story about it, a personal yeah. connection to it. Yeah. That's what I want to give somebody who's people can see. Like, and and that's it. why I always tell people that I did it, because I want them to, I want you to know, like, you know, this is just. A, a, a moment in their lives like they're not going to be out there forever you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying and and the fact that you see them out there is you sh- it should tell you that they're taking some kind of initiative I could have sold drugs I did for a little bit but I saw that that was not my life that wasn't me you know what mm-hmm. I mean like I'm, I wasn't good at it you know I didn't enjoy it you know what I'm saying and and the 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 adults and older guys in my life were encouraging me not to do that. You know what I'm saying? Not to go that route. So when I see them out there, I know that they have other options. Now they got plenty of other things that they could be doing, but they're trying to do something and make an honest dollar. They're not just asking for money. They're like offering a service. I see some of y'all windshields, and it's a crime <laughs> that you drive your car around the city with your windshield looking like that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So we're going in. So let's talk about MCing, spittings. You back. You 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 get off the boat from Afghanistan. Yeah, you're back over. You're like I'm done. I'm coming back to Baltimore. Yeah, I read I read an article where Russell Simmons has said, uh, if your city doesn't know you, we're less likely to sign you or invest in you or pay you any attention. And so at that time, I was living in Norfolk, Virginia. You know what I mean? I'm looking, and and my brother used to take me out to different hip-hop spots and crews and stuff, you know. Um, shout out to my man Duke, and he had this crew called Gold Ball, and, and you know, like Pharrell and all of them was starting to pop in Virginia. Mm-hmm. And I saw that that... There, there was a, there was a scene building there. There was a, but, but it wasn't my scene. It wasn't my people. So I was like, I need to go home. You feel me? And really like dive into Baltimore. And we didn't, we didn't have much then. I'm, we talking about 2002. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't a lot of places to go. It wasn't anywhere near the amount of people in the city doing things as they are now. But reading that article told me I was like, all right, well, if I'm if I'm serious about this, then I gotta go home and I wanna do it from home. You know what I mean? I wanna I wanna I wanna get in there, I wanna help build, I wanna do it, you know, do it from home. And that's that's kind of where where I took it. And when I came home I just I just fell in love with 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 who we are and what we're doing. I've always loved the city, you know what I mean? Even even as a kid coming from New York at nine years old, my mother would always take me around and show me, you know, these things. And, and, and when I was growing up, Baltimore was so unknown that we had, after a while, developed this content state of mind with, like, you know, it's cool that we got our own, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, I'd, I'd be at concerts and, you know, niggas come on stage talking about, what's up, D.C.? You know, you feel me? And, like, <laughs> and, and it was like, you know, we... we I, I really got to get here and help build some stuff. You know what I'm saying? So I'm proud of it. I lo- I, I've loved my my music career life here in the city. It's interesting. You said something that was very interesting. A tweet you put out 
or was it Instagram? I don't know what it was. But you said, you guys loving this new Drake CD. I quote, take the yeah. quote. I don't know the quote, how yeah. you said it. But it was pretty much saying, we've been rapping over these beats for the longest time. Yeah, I had seen people <laughs> saying like, oh, you know, this is what happens when Baltimore rappers don't. And I'm like, what you talking about? Like, we've been rapping over club music forever. Like, we have been rapping over club music for so long. And that, yeah, that's what I was talking about. The club music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like I said, it just, again, I remember you even, the uh, film, you were in TTR's film. Yeah, Dark City Beneath the Beat. Congratulations yep, yep. on that. Thanks, man. You, Thanks, got, man. You, got, cool. you got IMDB probably credit yeah, on that. Yeah, probably. That's I what's up. I look it up, yeah. See, I mean, I got to get this autograph yeah, for a guy yeah. here, see? <laughs> so how, okay, look, well, I know we're jumping around, but how was that experience? You were in uh, a Netflix movie. Yeah. And it was about Baltimore. The Baltimore music scene, the culture. Yeah. I mean, tell us a little bit about that when you guys had to do it and how yeah. did it feel to be, you see yourself with a motion picture? That was dope, man. Um, I knew TT the artist is somebody that I watched and admired from like the time she was at Micah. Like she would come to, back then, it was, uh, we got a soundstage now, but before there was soundstage, there was Sonar. Yeah, Sonar, yeah. Sonar was where like all the big, acts came that came through the city so like you know i i would open for a lot of the acts there a lot of times and i remember i used to see tt like promoting herself moving through the crowd and you know it was only a matter of time before she and i got to know each other and um charisma Marcel, we had put out a song called hey baltimore and this is the beautiful thing about that documentary is that we had put that song out about four years before the documentary came out mm. and so we had a buzz with it you know, we got it on radio, and it was like, you know, everywhere. And then it died down, and then TT put us in the movie, and then we saw this increase of, like, attention to that song. So it taught me that, like, you know, a song don't really have a shelf life. Like, if you know, if everybody hasn't heard it, then you got to keep pushing it. I'm doing that right now with this song we got called Get Yo with Epic Fam. Then I'm just like, all right, we got to keep pushing it. We got to keep pushing it because I just learned from that. You know what I mean? Like, once that was in that documentary, it was like, Hey, Baltimore all over again. So, I mean, I remember when I now I was the first time I saw you perform was last year. Hmm. First time I ever saw you, that was at the Live Baltimore party. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the first yeah, time I ever seen you perform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, and I was like, oh, damn. Yeah. Like, he really rocked a lot. Like, you know, yeah, you hear yeah. his music, he really yeah. music, but then, you know, you see him live, you're like, yeah. all right. Yeah, yeah. actually, yeah. The live show is my, that's, that's where I live. I love the live show. The studio is fun. That's cool. It is. I like, I like the studio, but I love, live performance that's that's where i grew up that's where i really like get get my life on so, stage so have you i mean have you how many cds have you dropped or have you used to do singles or do you albums this is funny because um careers <laughs> texted me this the other day and i see I, I i don't count as i go okay so i just you know i just be going and careers sent me a screenshot the other day <laughs> he said 61 tracks, eight albums, 79 collaborators. Good God. I, and I mean, that's what's... That's a lot. That's, I think that's what's on streaming right now. So that's not even like... That's not even counting whatever I did pre-streaming, which I, I will never let anybody in the world hear. If you got a CD, hold on <laughs> to it. Don't upload it. Don't let nobody hear that. It's trash more than likely. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I was trying back then. <laughs> no, I mean, that, but those are probably classics, though. 
Yeah. Those are classics, probably though. Maybe it might be some gems in there. It, I don't know. You probably could re- redo it and just bring it, put it back out later on. Yeah, maybe. But you know, I'm always, I'm always trying to come up with something new. I'm always trying to move on to the next thing. Okay. So okay. that's probably why the, those numbers are like that. But I, um, it, it, it was a moment for me because I was just like, wow, I, I, I guess I have put out a lot of music, um, over the years. But the biggest thing was like the 79 collaborators. I was like, wow, like that's I, I really enjoy working with other people. I like collaborating. You know what I mean? I like getting in the studio and, you know, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of artists, they are introverts and they like their, you know, mm-hmm. being their bubble and all that. But I just feel like, um, we, stand the game more we're stronger together you know I'm, I'm from a big family you know what I'm saying I was in the military I was organizing the union so like I'm used to that that kind of village mentality of you know I'm a Wu-Tang head you feel <laughs> me so it's like we gonna get it all together I love it so what would you say your rap style is would you say you're like more of a lyricist would you say like you know because I look at people now and I look at a lot of people make songs just for TikTok now yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I grew up with, like, like um, Mob Deep, yeah. you know, KRS-One, yeah. you know, Eric B and Rock Kim. Like, I like lyricists. Like, yeah. like I always thought Cannabis was one of the best lyricists ever. Oh, man, yeah. But just couldn't get the beats together. Yeah, yeah, couldn't yeah. get the, like, the production. And you yeah, know, you being yeah. in that, would you say you're, like, in those categories of lyricists or you're just more of, like, a new age Rap or what would you call yourself? I mean, I'm I'm a chameleon. You know what I'm okay. saying? Like I can do I can do what the song calls for, um, and I learned that from my band Soul Cannon. Like working with Soul Cannon really taught me more of a uh, how to be more flexible, um, and and how to think of my voice as an instrument and not mm. just you know what I mean, not just a just a vocal, mm. but more like what does what does the track need? In my most comfortable place, I'm a lyricist. Like I like I like bars, I like metaphors, I like telling stories. You know what I mean? Painting those pictures. That's where that's where I that's where I'm most comfortable. But I also don't like to be in my comfort zone too much. You know what I mean? So even like Hey Baltimore, that was the, that was my first time really writing something like that because it's actually the easiest verses I ever wrote but that's what the song called for you right. know it didn't call for me to get extra super lyrical miracle spiritual on them you know what I mean it's just had to it just needed somebody and a voice to ride that beat and say something interesting something something Baltimore so um so yeah I'm down to I, I, I'm open to a lot of different styles but uh I think primarily I'm I'm a lyricist I mean, I tell people before I had this interview with you, I was like, this guy's hard. This guy's everywhere. Yeah. He on the B side. He interviewed over here. He had concerts over here. Yeah. So, I mean, we got to give people the flowers, and I'm giving you the flowers because you were doing amazing things in Baltimore. Thank you, bro. You're an activist. You've been, you're activists. You've been, you're out there. Yeah. You're speaking the truth. You're speaking your truth, speaking what needs to be said out there. We appreciate what you're doing. I'm, again, I'm honored to have you on the show. I really am honored to have you on the show because you're, it's an honor to have you here. It really is an honor to have you here, man. I appreciate it, man. Um, I don't, I don't take that lightly. You, it's a lot. You're doing things. You're walking the walk, talking the talk, and you're doing it. Yeah. And I really want to just because you, you're not talking. You said, you know, I was out on the stump, helping out politics. Yeah. Like that's really like that's grassroots. You knocked yeah. on doors. You know, you were like, I know your neighborhood. I know this, this. Yeah. But that's really cool because you know somebody really knows who cares about what they belong to. What yeah. They, what they, you know, because you you wear a lot of hats. Yeah. Yeah, like I said in the beginning, you know what I mean. I, I'm a Baltimore boy. I love the city. Uh, I'm from a big family, so 
You know what I mean? I kind of, I've always grown up with that, getting where you fit in, you know what I mean? Help out, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, my mother might come home and the house is a mess. It might not be my day to do the dishes, but, you know, somebody, the person who supposed to do the dishes is not here right now, so I'm going to do the dishes. You know what I'm saying? That's kind of, I kind of like carry things in that way. Like, oh, you need you need, you need need somebody to help you with your campaign. I got you. I, I've, I've done that. I know what that is, so... You know, um, and then because because I do have an audience, I do have a voice, I don't take that lightly either. So if I can say something or spark a conversation that causes or brings about some kind of change, then I'm going to do that too. You know what I mean? The artists we mentioned, we named, you know, and the artists we grew up listening to, that that was kind of, you know, what the public enemy and, you know what I mean? They used that influence to talk about certain things. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't always on a song. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Sometimes it was just accepting an award or interrupting somebody's interview, <laughs> you know what I mean, to deliver the message or just simply showing up to a rally, you know what I mean? I remember seeing rappers at the Million Man March. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So it's like that kind of mentality for me was like, okay, well, I don't have to just be in the studio or just be, you know, this you know, weirdo musician that's over there and is only good to bring out of the closet to sit on more stage and sing a song and then go back home. No, I live in this community. I live in this world, this society, so I have something to say. And other people that follow me have something to say, but they might not have the platform to say it. I'm going to use mine. I love it. I love yeah. it. I mean, what what events do you have coming up uh, like in the fall, anything coming up in fall coming up? Um, yeah, well, you, you mentioned B side, um, but that's this Sunday, so this yeah, we're not by the time this now. airs, we're, yeah, we're like September, uh, October, like anything booked out for a fall yeah, out? uh, September 3rd, I'm doing um, uh, Baltimore by Baltimore down in nice. Anna Harbor. We're going to do a Ooh Fest, which is um, this guy Ooh who passed away in 2014, he was a rapper and an activist, somebody also that inspired me, mentored me a bit. Um, uh, they're gonna do some dedications to Baltimore Trailblazers, so I'm gonna be doing that. Um, and I yeah. saw you're on. Uh, is it the Vegan Festival? Yeah, Vegan Soul. I'm doing Vegan out, Soul Fest. I'm doing Vegan Soul Fest later this month. Um, we are doing my band Soul Cannon, who we don't we don't play often together, but we're gonna be at Current Space September 9th. and then uh, there's a September date of the next. Bromo Arts Walk, and I can't remember what that date is yet, but okay. but they booked me to play the after party at Current Space, so I'm doing that. Did Emily reach out to Emily for Bromo? She's like the head. The... I think so. Yeah, yep. I think it was yep. Emily. Yeah, I'm yeah. Emily. Yep, yeah, 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 yeah. I always see her all events. Yeah. I'm Emily pretty well. Yeah, so I'm um, doing that. Um, I do a I do a, uh, a a dirty Christmas party. Um, it's my anti Christmas Christmas party. Okay. Uh, um, that I haven't done in a few years since COVID and all that stuff. So I'm going to bring that back this year in December. Um, you know, and just, you know, follow me. I'm always doing something. I'm I'm having fun with it. So I love I'm it, man. Here. But yeah. that's, ha- that, look at you smiling, man. Yeah. That's, you, you like what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it shows, and it just shows. Yeah. I almost quit. I almost retired this year. I did I did a really? post where I was like, I don't, I don't want to do music no more. But, uh, they won't let me, man. My phone blew up. People kept, you know, inviting me out to dinner, and 
I'm thinking we just, you know, shooting the shit, and they're like, okay, come on, man. So you really, so, so I'm, I got a few more songs in me. I'm, ha and you know, I, I just decided I'm gonna start having fun with it. You know what I mean? I, it, it, you know, I started the label, and I started getting bogged down with the business of music, and the business of music sometimes can really suck the fun mm -hmm. out of it. And that was kind of what it happened to me for a minute, but. But uh, I'm back having fun now. Let's talk a little bit about the label. We're not going to go into it because it's mm -hmm. a whole different episode, folks. Yeah. That's a whole different episode we're going to talk about. But label, Epic Fam, what's what's that all about? Epic Fam, every person is coming from a memory. Mm. Uh, we started that um, as this, and we just getting started. We got an album that we put out, um, compilation album, um, Easy Jackson Presents Epic Fam Volume 1. Uh, and it's just me trying to highlight the Baltimore that I know creatively, you know what I'm saying? Um, and me and my partner, Demel, uh, we we started it. Shout out to my man, uh, Doc Melbourne, a.k.a. Demel Brunson, a.k.a. Doc Melbourne. <laughs> um, you know, we're just trying to uh, show the world, you know, the, the creativity that's here uh, and, you know, having fun with it. It's an extension of... My mentality, like I said, Epic Fam is like every person is coming from a memory. You know what I mean? Everybody, oh everybody has some kind of history and some kind of past that brought them to this point today. You and I both come from memories that now have us in the life that we're living, and it has somehow influenced who we are. Right. So you know, I think everybody um, has that, and you know, just trying to tell those stories and sh you know shed light on the city as much as possible. I love it. I love it. Where can we find Epic Fam on social media? What's the what's the hand? Do you know the handle by chance? Uh, Instagram at be more Epic Fam. Okay. Um, the website is epicfamlife.com. Uh, Twitter is epic at epicfam one. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah. All right. I just wanted to get that plug. Yeah. We're gonna come back with those guys. We're gonna come. We got something special yeah. for that happening. Yeah. Um, but I'm happy about it. So. What do you want people to walk away from this interview when they walk away, listen to it, if they're listening, watching YouTube, or they listen to the car? What do you want them to walk away about you and like just your journey? Um, because because the story is still going. Yeah, the, I mean the story is still being written for me. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm still having fun. I'm still learning a lot. I think I think I think the biggest thing that I lately I've been having this thing where I this world can really give you limitations that you didn't ask for mm. you know what i'm saying and limitations that you don't realize are not even real and i think a lot of my life has been that is overcoming um limitations set before me you know what i mean i've been told so many times where well, you can't do that there's no way you're gonna do that why would you even do it even when i started the label i had people saying why are you doing all that like worry about your own career why are you worry about other artists um and there's always that thing where people, you know, even when I was working in politics and I said that I was going to leave that and do music full time, you know, I had people saying, why would you do that? You know what I'm saying? This is good money. It's not all about the money. You know what I mean? I wasn't sleeping well at night. Mm. You know, I was overweight. You know what I'm saying? I was drinking like crazy. You know what I'm saying? I even had, I remember one time I was in a meeting and I went in the, because I was, I had been burning both ends of the candlestick and I was drinking a lot and I went in the bathroom and I was, I, I 
was doing a line of coke in the bathroom so that I could go back and pay attention to this meeting. Mm. And I stood up and I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, bro, you're not happy, bro. <laughs> like mm. you got some, you got you got a little bit of money and stuff, man, but you're not, you're fucking miserable, bro. Right. And so I just encourage people to not be miserable. You know what I'm saying? I'm very happy right now. I'm, like I said, you know, I'm having fun and, you know, I'm running to take care of myself and, and others and you know that's I just encourage people to overcome any of those boundaries that they see in their lives you got you got all the time right now when you wake up in the morning you got that day you got all the time left when before God calls you to go for what you want and that's what I'm doing that's what I've been doing and I just you know that's what I want people to get from me and I want to give more flowers because him and I had a talk the other night, and again, this episode's gonna come out a month from now. And you probably, you may, I'm sure you remember, I was like, you know, I was telling you about issues, yeah, of just validation, yeah, and things oh, yeah, of that yeah, nature. Yeah. We talked about it, yeah, and you know, you told me you gave me some really good words of wisdom because sometimes you feel lost out here, yeah, and you're doing it, you're like, you know, I get these accolades, you know, that's the Baltimore three years in a row, yeah, the Baltimore Sun, and people are like, wow. You're doing it, and you're like, yeah, but I'm not really yeah. hit. like I'm there, but I'm like on yeah. that cuffs, and you really gave me some inspiration, yeah, of what you told me there because again, we all as creatives, artists, wherever we go in those dark spaces, and we're like, yeah, do I really want like Ken's like, do you do you know you wake up, do I really want to do this? Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I mean, you can ask Dave. I mean, we were sitting, here, I mean, we're just we're just like people I'm talking to are like. Do you want to do this anymore? Yeah. And you find yourself in a dark, dark spot. Yeah. But I'm glad why I asked you. It's like, you know, what are your thoughts? And you're like, nah, Aaron, just keep on doing what you're doing. Just keep on pushing, you know. And I appreciate you saying that. No doubt, man. Yeah. Because the little things that yeah. I, I ask yeah. people, because yeah. you can find yourself in like in a spot where you're like, this is cool, but yeah. I could drop this tomorrow. It's it's I've learned that it's okay to want more. But it's not okay to ignore what you've gotten so far and to not be grateful for it. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because, you know, <laughs> in a similar conversation I had with you, I had a younger artist one time tell me how somebody was talking down to them about how they were just a local, you're just a local celebrity. Mm-hmm. You're just a local celebrity. And I told him, I said, bro, do you know how many people live in the city? I was like, the person who told you that, what do, what do they do? Who knows them for what they do? Mm-hmm. Nobody. So be grateful because you don't have to. Nobody has to recognize you for anything. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, the stages that I've stood on, the opportunities that I've had, Baltimore has given me a lot of that. And because of what I got in Baltimore, I've been able to see the world. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I've been able to see the rest of this country, parts of this country I never thought that I would see. You know what I'm saying? And I'm grateful for that. Do I still want more? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but I always have to walk that balance of, but you know what? I'm fortunate. I don't even have to, I didn't even have to make it this far. You know what I'm saying? I'm, like I was telling you, my, I got so many homeboys that I think about, you know, that have, that were murdered before we even turned 18. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I'm grateful. And the work is always there, but you got to be grateful for, bro, you, you've been able to, interview some dope people and be in some dope spaces. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, you know, be grateful, but you know, it's okay to want more too. I look around when I'm here and I'm like, 
yo, this is <laughs> hell. This is sick. <laughs> like, I, I do. I look me? around and I pinch myself, you know? I got yeah. Xenia Films in the house. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, yeah, you feel me? <laughs> like, this is this is sick, you know what I'm saying? And, and I've, I, you know, I've been invited on some podcasts, and some of them are okay, and some of them are, you know? Right. Really, they don't have the nice couch, you know what I'm saying? I'm like sitting in there, can't wait to get out of there. You feel me? So, so yeah, man, you're doing the damn thing. I'm proud of you. I appreciate you. Yeah, no, I really wanted yeah, to brother. tell you that. Yeah, Do man. we want to talk about the paper, or we want to leave that alone for some later? No, leave 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 that. Okay, to, leave, we'll that, leave that. That's another. Leave that's that to that's the another one. It's <laughs> another one. So, where can we find you on social media? Like, if we want to find you, your page, yeah. where we can find out where your music on Spotify. Like, what's what can we find? How can we find? Yeah, uh, Easy Jackson. First name is spelled E Z E Jackson, uh, and then my Instagram and Twitter are both E Z E W R I T E R. Easy Writer, Easy Writer um, on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you know, Easy Jackson on Facebook, streaming on everything, the Spotify's, the Apples, all that stuff. Uh, Easy Jackson. Okay, so I always do a speed round of everybody. It's always fun. Let's go. All right. Flats or drums? Uh, drums. Blue cheese or ranch? Ranch. Ranch? Ranch all day. Come really? on. Really? Yeah, come on. Oh, come also, on. Also, I'm lactose intolerant, okay, so I... ranch don't really hurt me like the blue, blue cheese. cheese. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Crabs or crab cakes? Crab cakes. Wait, wait, wait. Crab cakes. Are you bougie? But, <laughs> no, but I mean, crab cakes just because it's easier access, but I love crabs, too. I just, we just had crabs last night, so... Um, yeah, I mean, I like both, but if it's going to be a speed round question, I'll take a crab cake. Okay. I like crabs because I can sit there and everybody, everybody has a phone. No way to touch the phone. Conversation. Yeah. That's, That's why, why I, I like crabs. You know, I used to have a show where I interviewed people and we ate crabs. I didn't know that. Yeah. So when I was on the real news, I had a show called The Whole Bushel. Oh, and wow. That's, and that's what I did. I interviewed artists. While we ate crabs, can we bring that back? Yeah, I want. I want. Can to. we bring that back? I, I would like to. Let's talk about it. Can I we need, bring that I back? Need, I need. Yeah, I need. Uh, all I need is the. You know, I need a team to help me put it together. That's but yeah, but fun. I, I own the show and the idea, so I, I want to bring it back. Bring yeah. it back. That's yeah, yeah. a great concept yeah. and conversation. Yeah. Yeah. We got to. We got to bring that. Yeah. Back. <laughs> we got to bring that back. All right. And um, what is the best advice you've ever received? You need to learn how to shut the fuck up. Okay. That's 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 what my, <laughs> that's what my mother told me. Cause I can talk, you know what I mean. But mm -hmm. but but as I'm getting older, I've learned that I don't always have to. Okay. And and there was a t there, and one day my mother told me I, I had I had said too much, okay. and she was like, "You need to learn how to shut the fuck up." Mm -hmm. And another one that goes with that is is uh, you got two ears and one mouth. Which means you need to listen more than you speak. Mm. Snowballs or ice cream? Snowballs. Breakfast or dinner? Oh. And what meal would it be? What What would you eat with that meal? I feel like there was a time in my life, a long time, where I said breakfast, but I'm a I'm a surf and turf junkie, bro. Okay. Like like a good dinner with a steak and a lobster, or a steak and a crab cake. Yeah. Or a steak and some shrimp, like and some mashed potatoes, some, uh, some veg, a vegetable, a good vegetable medley, and some prosecco. Oh, 
that's that's the that's oh. the perfect meal. Okay. Yeah, yeah. If I'm on death row and I got a last <laughs> last meal, that's <laughs> I love it. Prosecco. You get through a curve. Prosecco. They got I that like last that. meal before I go to the chair. Give me that. Give me that right there. I like that. Yeah. Well, again, thank you for your time. Thank you, brother. You have so many great things going on, people. Check them out on his IG. Check them out on Twitter, Facebook. Are you on Snapchat yet? I don't do. Not I don't Snapchat, use. Sorry, TikTok. I, TikTok. I oh yeah, yeah. I'm on TikTok. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm still trying to figure out, figure it out. But I'm on TikTok. I got, a, I got a couple of videos up there. Okay. Yeah. Like that's that's the thing yeah. the kids do nowadays. Yeah, TikTok. yeah, yeah. So I, I got to figure it out. All right. So listen, check them out. You saw the, all the handles. I'll have it in the show notes of all his handles. You can find them. Find Epic Fam, and you know, go out and support. That's what's about supporting these artists out here, supporting these creatives. They're doing so many amazing things. You see, we talk to comedians. You see, we talk to musicians, creators, everybody. Go support them. It takes five minutes of your time. Go support them. Yeah. Folks, love, peace, we're out. Baltimore Fiscal Partners is a boutique CPA firm specializing in accounting and consulting services for nonprofits, small businesses, and with experience running nonprofits and small businesses, they know that there's not always enough time at the end of the day for you to focus on your finances. Whether it's monthly bookkeeping or an annual audit, tax preparation or consulting, nonprofit or small business, Baltimore Fiscal Partners provides full range or tailored solutions that keep your goals and budget in mind. Learn more about Baltimore Fiscal Partners online at BaltimoreFiscal.com or follow them at Baltimore Fiscal on Facebook and Instagram.